What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueFan, and today is a takeaways episode. And if you're new here, what a takeaways episode is, is where I sit down and I talk to you about the most recent podcast episode of the week. And today, we're discussing my conversation with Lauren Luke. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the full podcast yet, no worries. Lauren Luke, also known as Panacea81, is the first YouTuber in the history of the planet to get her own makeup line. Back in the late 2010s, around 2008, 2009, Lauren launched by Lauren Luke, her very own makeup palette, becoming the first beauty YouTuber to ever do so and make internet history in the process. And now I recently read an article on Lauren and the history of beauty YouTube. And that's how I stumbled onto Lauren as a person. I had never heard of her. I didn't know who she was, but I was reading this deep dive into the history of beauty YouTube and they referenced her as kind of being one of the pioneers of the industry. And I was interested because I'd never heard of her before. You know, there's the Michelle Fonz and all these people from names I'd recognize, but I'd never heard of Lauren Luke. I never heard of this woman from South Shields, England. And so I, Ended up searching her up, found her Instagram, realized she only had 5,000 followers on Instagram, which obviously I was just expecting, expecting more. But because at the time when she took a break and not really having an Instagram is why it's not much bigger. I believe she might have actually launched it after she returned to the internet, to YouTube. But anyways, I digress. So I found her, her Instagram. She only had 5,000 followers. And I was like, I have to reach out to her. And then a couple months later, I was kind of caught up in my my. I'm just caught up of recording and editing all the episodes and I had some availability. So I reached out to her and she was kind enough to give me some time to come on the podcast and talk about her story and the history of YouTube and the history she made on YouTube. And it was a really cool opportunity, cool experience for me. And of course, if you've listened to the podcast yet, she doesn't like to talk about how the how her makeup palette didn't necessarily go to plan like it sold out it was a massive success but she was working with a bunch of people who didn't have her best interest in mind she kind of got messed around in the deal i believe in in her video she i think she only made five thousand pounds or something like that ten thousand she did not make a lot of money she made basically money when she signed but she didn't make royalties or anything off the product and she didn't like to talk about that she doesn't like to talk about that but she released a video nine, 10 months ago now at this point, where she kind of gets into it all. She breaks it all down. And so what we kind of talked about before we recorded the podcast is she said I I could use that audio, I asked. And she said I could use that audio from her video to kind of substitute where we would talk about it in the podcast just to kind of give people that full, broader context of her whole story. And yes, she was the first YouTuber to ever to ever have a her own makeup line, but this happened when she did that. And so I just want to give again a shout out to Lauren. She's genuinely one of the nicest people I've had the chance to speak with. Just so genuine, just there's energy. Like even though it was remote, it was through a computer, you can just feel her energy. So I just want to give her a, a shout out for being willing to come on my podcast and share her story and being kind enough to let me use the audio from her video on the podcast. But this is such a cool podcast for me to to do. I think YouTube's such a powerful platform to have someone who made such significant history. Like she pioneered the beauty YouTube industry. And when you look at it now and just look at how massive that industry is and to think she is literally the person who kind of jump started it all. 
she not only did she have this makeup palette, she did brushes, she had a book, she had a video game, she almost had her own TV show, they shot a pilot for it, like she did so much and she really kind of set the precedent and she was massive. Like again, I didn't know who she was, this again, so that when she first took off, I was 10 or 11 years old. So that just wasn't something, <laughs> makeup was not something I was interested in at that time. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know a lot about makeup today. So, um, but so she was not the one that she never hit my radar as a 10, 11 year old, but just looking at the size of, of beauty YouTube now, and just the impact YouTube as a whole is has just cool to kind of get the chance to talk to her. And like, I just, when I was prepping for this one, all the people that would say things like in old interviews, like, oh, she's, she has more followers in the Royal family, or she's the biggest beauty artist on the planet, or all these different comparisons of just quantifying how big she was and especially because it was so not fully understood by the general population at the time just how crazy all of this was like it had never happened before to this scale and it was it was just a whole new frontier for everybody and just so it's just cool to think about just exactly everything that lauren got to do um and again i don't think she realized it completely at the time i don't think a lot of people realized what was happening at the time either i just think it was such a a just i don't know i don't even know what the word is it was just such a formative time of the internet and of youtube and i just think it was <clears throat> she made internet history she made internet history she pioneered a massive industry probably a multi-billion dollar industry at this point Be beauty youtubers is just it's massive right you think of some of the big names in, in it today and just a lot of it all comes back to starting with Lauren Luke. So it was just such a cool experience for me to get to talk to somebody like that, especially because when I started the podcast, the original intent was for it to be primarily YouTubers. That was honestly where I like, I never really publicly said that, but that's kind of the direction I wanted to take it. I just fell on, found getting YouTubers was a little bit harder and I was able to work with some, some awesome Insta Instagrammers early on, a lot of dope photographers. That's just kind of the podcast has evolved over time, but YouTube was kind of the direction I wanted to take it early on. So to get someone from YouTube of her stature was just, was awesome. So again, I want a big, big thank you to Lauren for taking the time to be on this podcast. But now we'll get into some of my takeaways from my conversation with Lauren. And the first takeaway that I have is, especially early on, how Lauren edits her videos. And the way she edits her videos is that she didn't. She didn't, she didn't edit her videos strictly because she didn't know how to edit her videos, but she still didn't edit her videos. Like, so she would just literally sit down, record her video, apply the makeup, do the techniques, talk to you. And that was it. And she even said early on, she would like speed up her videos, but she didn't know how to remove the sound. So it'd literally be 2X video and 2X audio. So it didn't sound quite right um, when you would listen to it. And again, this is something I've hit on so many times doing these takeaways episodes. And it's that, again, quality in, is so subjective. Quality is so subjective. And I understand that this was 2007, 2008. So the quality of content in terms of production, the quality of the production on YouTube was not where it's at today. I understand that. But still, People still understood what quality was, but even if we look at now, I understand that 
time has passed. But that's actually another good point is time has passed, but Lauren is still getting views on her old videos. It's not like her videos aren't getting views anymore because the production quality is so low. She's still getting views on some of her older, more popular videos. Like I'm going to pull a couple of them up right now. And again, these are not well lit, no editing. The thumbnails aren't that great just because it's literally a photo for eye. Like there's no any graphics on the thumbnail or any words that jump out at you. It is literally just a picture of her eye in most cases. So we look at one of her videos, 5.9 million views. Her Rihanna and Angelina Jolie cat eyeliner makeup tutorial. Leona Lewis bleeding love inspired makeup look, 3.9 million. And that's the one that put her on the map is that video. Another video with 3.9 million, another with 3.1, another with 2.9. So she's pulling numbers. And again, some of them are driven from when she originally would have posted those videos. I understand that. But by and large, like they're still getting videos today. And that's just a, just really goes to show that quality production quality doesn't matter. I think quality of a video matters, but production quality doesn't. And when I say the quality of the video, it's the quality of is of how you're able to engage with your audience. And Lauren was very, very good at that. And I just think that if anyone debating whether they should start creating content, you don't have an excuse. If you have a cell phone in your pocket, whenever you're listening to this, to this podcast on is enough gear for you to get going. I even, I'm starting to put my money where my mouth is. I have started once again for like the 900th time. I've started vlogging on YouTube at the time of recording this. Have I stuck with it by now? Cause I'm recording this on October 12th and this is probably going to drop. If I can think through, um, probably November 12th, I believe is when this takeaways is going to drop. But so who knows if I've stuck with it to this point? I hope I have, but I've started vlogging on YouTube using nothing but my cell phone. And my laptop, like I edit on my laptop, but I want to do a video where I edit it all on my phone as well. But I started vlogging and all I've done is I've used my phone. I don't have any mics. I don't have any lenses I've added onto my camera, onto my, my cell phone. Literally just a Google Pixel 3a. That is it. That's what I'm vlogging. I have like a selfie stick I'm using as like a tripod type deal, but that is it. You don't need high quality gear to create content. You don't need high quality gear to create engaging content. Lauren created extremely engaging content with a camera and that's it. No editing, no nothing, no great lighting. She just was able to engage her audience. And I think that that is something that as that was another one of my takeaways is something Lauren is very good at. And I felt it when I was watching her videos in preparation for this podcast, as well as I felt it when I was talking to her on the podcast, one, she is the exact same person in the interview context and in her video context, I'm assuming assuming she's just the exact same person all the time, which one adds to her authenticity as a creator. When she's talking to you, feel genuinely like she's talking to just you. And I think that's part of the reason why she was so successful. Again, it wasn't the production value of her videos. I think it was people, and one, she was able to show you how to do the do whatever she was doing. So she was talented in that regard, but she was also very, very good at making you feel like you were the, she was speaking directly to you. It didn't feel like a YouTube video. It felt like a FaceTime or a zoom call. It just felt like the way she describes, like you're going for coffee with a friend. That's the vibe she tried to give off in her videos. Cause she started YouTube and she was just looking for friends. So that's just kind of how she did it. And I feel like that's so important is just remembering at the end of the day, I just read off a bunch of numbers here. 3.9 million views, 2.1 million views, whatever. But each and every single one of those views 
is a person. Every single view is a person. Even one view is a person. And I think we get so caught up in the size of the numbers and the subscribers and the followers you have on Instagram, but every single one of them is a person. And the way to make them feel special is to treat them like a person. And that's what Lauren did in her video. She was so, so, so very good at engaging with you like it was just you two, like it was you and her in the room and no one else. And I think that's a big reason why she was as successful as she was. She was able to, like I said, she was able to just captivate an audience and speak to you. You felt like you, you connected with Lauren. That's what her, her it factor is, is her ability to connect with you one-on-one. And it's not just her connecting with you, it's you connecting with her, which brings you back over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that's so important is just to treat each individual person like an individual person, to engage with them. It's just, that's how you do it. It's how you build an audience. Again, if we go all the way back to episode three of this podcast is do things that don't scale to scale. And while you can scale, you to be understand, but engaging with your audience as much as you can, that's another thing Lauren did. She said she'd be up till all hours of the night, just replying to comments because she wanted so desperately to reply to every single one because she appreciated her audience so, so, so much. Like that was another big takeaway for me from this was just how much she cared about the people watching. Right, like I said, each view is a person. But Lauren would do things that would she would always do things with her audience in mind. She would make videos based off of the videos that they wanted to see. She would do looks. She would teach herself how to do certain looks. She would film videos based off of requests, which I mean worked out for her because the Leona Lewis one, which is the one that blew up and really kind of established and put her on the map, was a recommendation from a fan. But just Listen to your audience, engage with them all hours of the night. She'd be replying to comments because she tried to reply to every single one. And I'm guilty of this. And I'm sure some of you listening are too. You get eight comments on a photo or a post and you don't even reply to all of them. Like I'm trying to get better. I've done that on my, I have my one viral YouTube video that gets a decent amount of views and I reply to every single comment there. um, Unless I've missed one or two by accident, but that's not my intent. But Just take that time, care about your audience. Or even in Lauren's case too, she would turn down sizable deals, sizable brand deals, sizable sponsorships if it didn't, if she didn't believe in the product, right? So we're talking about somebody who was a taxi dispatcher in South Shields, England, where I believe that's Newcastle's where that's close to, South Shields, England. And then from there, she went from being a tax dispatcher to selling makeup on YouTube or on selling makeup on eBay. So she's not coming from a lot of money as far as I can tell. Like she could have been doing making a living for herself. That's what I'm saying. But she was getting thrown massive numbers to promote products and she was turning them down because it didn't feel right. She wanted to make sure that her audience could trust her and every single recommendation that she would give. She wanted to be a genuine recommendation that she truly believed in. If she didn't, she wouldn't take the money. She would not. T- she'd turn down the deal all because she cared about what her audience thinks and the connection and the relationship she, that she has with them. She genuinely put her audience first. And I just think that's such an important takeaway is always doing things with your audience in mind, because like even personally, I go back and forth. It's like, do you make content for your audience? Or do you make content for yourself? Like, what's that balance? 
I think it was Justin Odisho who said that while thinking of yourself is important, you also can't just think of yourself because you have an audience, you have viewers, and those are the people that allow you to have this, have the opportunities, the career that you have as a YouTuber and a content creator. So of course you have to think about them as well. And I think Lauren did just did such, such a good job of that. And I think it allowed her to, because she was so focused on her audience, it didn't, didn't give her the time to to kind of compare herself to other YouTubers. Cause that's another thing we talked about how comparison is the thief of joy as a direct quote that Lauren said on the podcast. I'm sure it comes from somewhere else. Like, I don't think she, she coined that term, but that's what she said on the podcast is comparison is a thief of joy. And I think that's very true. And I think we all fall into that trap because we're looking at people who, maybe people who, in my case, let's just use me as an example here. Um, people who start a podcast, like it's always like whenever I'll like, either on reddit or somewhere i'll see someone that's launched a podcast like three months ago and they're already pulling more views than i've gotten in my entire podcast journey and i'm like man what the fuck i have sorry for swearing but that's literally i'm like what is like ah, that's so not fair like but it is fair like that's just the way it works the market's going to react the market's going to react and i can't look at what other people are doing and think man they've already got more downloads than i have in three months like why am i even trying but I shouldn't be looking at them. I shouldn't be looking at how many downloads they've gotten because also when I do that too, it's, I forget that I have almost a million views on YouTube. So it's like, I just, I honestly, sometimes I forget that that's even a thing, but besides that, even if I didn't have a million views on YouTube, I shouldn't be looking at them and comparing their downloads to mine. I should have belief in myself and in the journey that I'm on and the skill set that I've cultivated. And I should just be worried about me worrying about someone else. Isn't going to get me more downloads. (laughs) That's not how that works. Worrying about someone else's YouTube channel isn't going to get me more views. Worrying about how much someone's making isn't going to make me more money. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to get more views. I'm going to get more downloads by focusing on myself and what I am doing and optimizing what I am doing. This video didn't get as many views as this one. Okay, well, then I can take time and I can look at these two videos. Why did this one get more views than the other one? I can try and just improve myself a little bit better every single day. You often hear the term be 1% better every single day. And well, that's great. 1% better every single day is quite a bit. But if I told you, would you want to be 10 times better next year than you are right now? And I believe the math works out. You have to be like 0.4% better every day. 0.4%. That's pretty doable. I'd say that's pretty doable. 0.4% every single day. I can do that. That's less than 1% better every day. Hell yeah. And then you're 10 times better at the end of the year. I could be wrong in the math, but something like that. But All that to say is when you're comparing yourself to other people and getting caught up in what other people are doing, that's not benefiting you. That's one. One, it's not going to benefit you just because (laughs) what is it? What is you worrying about or being upset at someone else's success doing? Two, you're taking away time from yourself. When you're comparing, it's not only not helping you, it's taking away the time from what stuff that is actually helping you. The time that you can be working on your own podcast or your own YouTube or your own business, you're taking time away from that to worry about the success other people are having. And third, the other thing I will say on this is that if you do catch yourself comparing to someone else's success, understand that if someone else has done it, that doesn't mean you can't do it. That actually proves that you can do it. If you're looking at someone whose podcast just hit a million downloads and you look at my podcast or your podcast, and we'll just say, for example, what's the number we'll say, so they just hit a million. You've been doing this for a year. You hit 10,000 downloads, which I think is what I hit in my first year. I hit 10,000 and this person in a year hit a million. 
And you're like, shit. Why? That's just not fair. This guy hit a million downloads in a year. I'm still grinding away and I just have 10,000. But that just proves that you can do a million downloads in a year. That just means that's possible. It doesn't mean you can't do it. This guy's proven you can do it. So now you should have figured out how to get there. So don't look at someone achieving something, meaning you can't. Have an abundant mindset. Understand we live in an abundant world where you can accomplish that. That's just proving that your goal is possible and it is attainable because someone else can do it. So can you. But at the end of the day, comparison is a thief of joy. So do your best not to do that. Focus on yourself and figure out how you can make yourself better. Now, the next point is I think another big takeaway from this podcast, obviously, is actually before we get into that, there's one thing I do want to say that I think did benefit Lauren. So I think that I've talked about how Lauren didn't have the highest quality of production, of course, Um, but she was really good at connecting with her audience, which is why she was able to do so well, right? That connection is why, despite not having a bunch of 4K cameras rolling and having multiple camera angles and A-plus lighting, she was still able to connect with her audience, get uh, millions of views. I think her channel has over 100 million views today. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's something around that. I do think that there is also part of it is the first mover advantage. I think that is part of the equation as to how Lauren was able to be so successful. I think that clearly she identified a market and there was a want for this type of content and she was able to fill that. I think, I mean, granted, I don't know, but I don't think she, she wouldn't have the same success if she'd been starting today because it's there's over it's oversaturated right and i don't and i'm not saying that no one can be a beauty youtuber i think there's always room but i just think that lauren being a first mover and her being able to identify the the platform of youtube and identify the niche of beauty content at that time the timing at which she joined the platform was also a factor in her success i would be ignorant to say that it wasn't and i think that to her credit, I don't think it was an accident. I think she was she was able to identify it. And she could she didn't have to go to YouTube. She could have gone to Facebook. Actually, I don't even know if Facebook had a video then. I could be wrong on that. But she could have gone to Vimeo. There's other platforms that she could have gone to, but she chose YouTube. And she chose a niche that was desirable that people were looking for. And she filled that she filled that need. She provided that content that people were looking for. So I think that there is some advantage in being a first mover to a platform. Of course there is. Again, I'd be silly to say there isn't a, a benefit to that. And it was Lauren, so it's a combination of things that made her successful. But I think being a first mover is an advantage. And that's a takeaway for me. It's just I feel like I slept through the TikTok. Like I was spouting and talking about how important TikTok is as a content platform. And I didn't even move on it as much as I should have. And I think that was a big takeaway for me from TikTok, but also from this conversation with Lauren is when there is an emerging platform that is clearly emerging, like there's going to be platforms popping up all the time. But when it's obvious that it's starting to gain traction and relevancy, move to that platform and start creating content there because there will be less saturated. They'll probably be more organic reach there'll be all these different things so being a first mover is a huge advantage to you and so whenever there is another platform because even though i was telling everyone get on tiktok produce content on tiktok go 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 tiktok 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 it's not just for kids it's going to age up i still didn't even produce the content pretty much period that i should have been and it's a regret that I have. And I always look back like, man, I wish I could have been on Instagram like when it first launched and built an audience. But I had that opportunity with TikTok and I slept on it even though I was telling people not to sleep on it. So being a first mover to a platform is going to benefit you 
even if you move to a platform that doesn't pan out, you can still build up an audience and start transferring it to other platforms. So being a first mover is so rarely a negative thing. Now, but speaking of negative things, uh, one of my takeaways, awesome. I don't know if you guys heard that. You probably heard that honk. I'm not going to add that out because I don't edit these takeaways, but that was awesome. Anyways, back to the back to the podcast. One thing that I took away too was you, you just, there's so, so much that you don't see from an outsider's perspective when it comes to the business side of social media and of YouTube. Like you look at Lauren and she launches her own makeup line. She's being flown out to New York City. She's her makeup lines is selling out. She's doing a cross country tour. All this amazing stuff is happening, but she's not making any money because she got screwed over in the deal because people took advantage of her with just as not even to her own fault. I don't fault Lauren for that. I think you put anybody in 2008 in that situation and a similar thing probably happens. Like I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, this was so unprecedented in the internet for just a person in their bedroom making videos to start making that, to be generating that much attention on a consistent basis and to get their own make. Like she was the first, the first, I think anybody in that situation is going to have some level of naivete. Like that's just natural. And I just think that, but from an outsider's perspective, when you're watching Lauren in that time, 2008, 2009, and you're seeing all this stuff happening and her makeup line and all this amazing stuff, you probably think she is on top of the world. And she ended up, there was just so much pressure and stress and financial hardship because of those people that took advantage of her at that time that she had to leave the platform. Which, but from an outsider's perspective, you don't see that. You don't see any of the negative side. You don't see the difficult parts back then and even today, right? Like people are so quick to judge and so quick to think they understand a full situation, but you will never, ever, 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 ever have the full context of a situation, especially as just a fan watching. And that's something I'm saying to you, something I'm saying to myself to remember. A lot of people are so quick to judge, but you never fully are aware of what is happening behind the scenes, right? Like we even look at the, let's look at a Jake Paul as an example. Like Jake Paul recently had his home was raided by the FBI. They seized guns and there was all these people speculating on what this could be, what this could be, what happened. Oh, Jake's done like so much, but you don't actually know and you never will know. And that's a bit of an extreme case, but we even look at like different situations like the Tati Westbrook, James Charles drama. That's a little bit more related to Lauren and makeup. Like we don't actually fully know what was going on behind the scenes. It's a lot of he said, she said, James saying one thing, Tati saying one thing. I don't want to speculate or talk on it too much because I don't actually know the full context of what is even just publicly available. But beyond that, I don't, no, no one knows the full context of what went on behind the scenes. And so I just think that's one big takeaway that I had is you never actually know what's happening when that camera stops recording, right? You're not there. You don't see that. You don't understand. Right. And I feel like I'm being very preachy in this regard, but I'm one of those people who doesn't understand either. I'm not really in that world. I get to interview some people on occasion that are in that world, but I myself not in that world. Right. And so that was just takeaway for me is whenever I'm watching things from an outsider's perspective, I have to try and keep that in mind that I don't know what's happening behind the scenes and neither do you. 
And I just think that's an important thing to remember because we often can get so influenced and so riled up and so upset about our favorite content creators and the drama and everything. And I understand drama gets clicks, da 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 da. And that, me saying this isn't going to stop any of that. Trust me, I'm aware. But it's just something to keep in mind that you never have full context of a situation, even in your personal life, like not even just when it comes to YouTube and social media, even in your personal life would you'll never have the full context, right? Two of your friends have a fight. You don't fully understand. You weren't there. You'll never have the full context. And it's hard to have a have a non-biased opinion without the full context. And it's almost impossible. It's so hard to get the full context. But my last takeaway from my conversation with Lauren, which I don't even fully know. I haven't fully even thought about it too much. I just wrote it down when I was recording as something that caught my attention. And it's that I asked her and I was like, if you could go back to 2007 and basically the question, I wish I'd asked it this way. This way is way better. If you can go back to 2007 and basically stop yourself from recording that first video, if you could go into the room and turn that camera off, throw it out a window and Lauren never records a video for YouTube and none of it ever happens. But basically I said, would you go back and change whatever, everything that happened? Um, but the way I just asked it would have been way better. Uh, anyways. But I asked her, I was like, well, what would you do if you go back and change it? And she said she wouldn't go back and change it. I just think that I'm like, I didn't, like, I literally just wrote down my home, my notes for this section is she'd go back and do it all over again. And I have nothing else written there. And I mean, I understand because I feel like at the end of the day, it makes sense because she's got to experience things most people don't get to experience, right? And it sucks. I'm not saying it's good that she got messed over in the deal. Like she got screwed over and that's awful. I like that's, there's no positive spin to that, but she still gets to live a pretty regular life, which I think is kind of cool. Cause I know a lot of people want attention. They crave that attention, but it's, I like personally, I don't have that attention. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like, but to not be able to go anywhere, to not be able to do anything, you need security everywhere you go, you get mobbed everywhere you go. Like that probably is cool for like a minute, but over time, that's probably going to get a little, a little bit much. So she was able to experience all of these things and go to the heights of YouTube and make history and still have the ability to live a regular life. Like she can go to the coffee shop. She'll get recognized every once in a while, but, but she gets to live a regular life, but she still is able to experience all of these things. And I think that, Basically, I don't even know what my takeaway here is. I'm just trying to think through it here. I think I'm just stalling, but I think it just makes me like, again, because like, even though I hadn't heard of Lauren Luke until a couple of months ago, I hadn't watched a Lauren Luke video until I watched them when I was preparing, she was able to connect with even me as just like a very passive viewer doing this strictly for research on a level where I'm like, I'm just glad to know that it didn't like she's happy today. And then even Despite everything, she'd still go back and she wouldn't change at all. And I just think that's, I, I don't know, guys. I don't have I don't have a spin on this one. I don't, I don't know what to say. I will just say that I'm happy that Lauren is happy because, like I said, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And with that being said, I think I'm just going to wrap it up here. We're over 30 minutes in, so 
I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you listen the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking the time to check this out. Do me a big favor. Go and listen to the full podcast that I recorded with Lauren Luke. Go and follow Lauren on Instagram. Subscribe to her YouTube. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. As I mentioned, I've started putting out vlogs. So if you'd like to listen to one of those or watch one of those vlogs you can find me on youtube just by searching up jacob kelly it'll also be linked in the show notes down below you can also probably search up jack life and that might come up as well um if you'd like to follow the podcast you can find us on instagram at my social life podcast or youtube by searching up my social life if you enjoyed today's podcast please be sure to leave a rating and a review the more positive ratings and reviews we get the more it helps new people find the show and it really helps to grow the community that we're developing here if you're one of those people that have recently found the podcast and have joined this community welcome i'm very excited to have you here make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. I put out brand new interviews every single Monday and a brand new episode of these takeaways is an audio exclusive every single Thursday. As always, today's podcast is powered by TrueVan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.